Hello and welcome back to Reading It Appears, where we chat about and discuss all sorts of movies. My name is Gary O'Brien, and joining me today, once again, it's Lily Nolan as we talk about the 2004 film adaptation of Lemony Snicket's A Series of Unfortunate Events. So stick around, we hope you enjoy. Imagine I'm a I'm a weird silhouetted Jude okay, Law, okay? Okay, okay? Mm-hmm. you got that in your mind, right? Dear listener, if you're looking for a podcast with coherent conversations and good analysis for a movie, this might not be the podcast for you. I'd recommend finding something else on Spotify, like the Weekly Planet. However, if you do like the ramblings of a man who enjoys the work of Jim Carrey far too much, then I implore you to listen on. <laughs> hey, that's good. That's exactly Jude Law. I don't know how well the audio is picking it up, um, and I know this is not a visual medium, so I'm applauding for those at home. I'm applauding. Okay, yeah. Uh, very good. I love the little. Sh- I love the, the rather than of the, rather than the pitter patter of your feet running out of the room <laughs> as you realise what have I signed up for? I'm Monty Pythoning it like sound effects for me getting out of the room. Yeah. Um, yeah. Good job, Gary. What a lovely, um, what a lovely intro. You're back. I'm back. I know. How many? You are back. It's been a while. Labyrinth, was it? Uh, I mean, we were different people then. We, uh, mm. I lived in a different house. I think. Uh, I when was that? When did we do Labyrinth? It's around October. It was during the spooky, scary mm. season. Oh the, yes, we Halloween. chose an ooky spooky movie of ha- of Labyrinth for Halloween. That yeah. makes sense. Wow, it has been a while. You've yeah. aged. You gained an extra year. I, thank legally. you. I'm glad you noticed. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> But I meant legally, like in the in the system that records oh. your birth, you have aged. It was your birthday. Yes, it was. And that is why I've once again brought back Gary decides to be indulgent for an entire month and forced his friends to pick between a narrow selection of movies. This year, uh, last year was the Brazil O'Brien birthday, Bros Bonanza. Everyone remembers it. It's still on the calendar. People come up to me this day. They're like, my God, what an event. Um, you know, will you do it again? And I was like, you can't, you know, it's it's hard to get lightning in a bottle like that. So what I've decided to do is different spin this year. Pierce Brosnan last year, hero of mine, we'll do about another hero of mine, Jim Carrey. But big problem was the Brosnan O'Brien birthday bros bonanza just rolled off the tongue. And there was no way I could do this again unless I thought of a good name. So what I've decided to call this series of podcasts is the... um clears throat the unnecessary and involuntary legendary visionary jim carrey library commentary done by geary and a very wary honorary adversary for my customary anniversary i.e my birthday and (laughs) lily nolan you have been uh quite obliging to come and do this so thank you very much you're welcome i mean i had to find a small amount of time in my very busy week for this uh i did almost forget to watch the movie or well not that i forgot to watch the movie i just like almost forgot to plan to watch the movie but I'm glad that I did because it was a favourite back in whatever year you told me it was released and I've already forgotten. 2004. When I was nine, this movie, uh, a series, yeah. or Lemony Snicket's A Series of Unfortunate Events. Uh, it's about three siblings who are orphaned um, after a fire. Just a kind of a grim start. And they have to go live with like an eccentric cousin who's an actor. Uh, who really wants to steal their fortune. Uh, I guess that the kind of the rest of the plot of this movie can be summed up by saying that the, the adults are incompetent at every turn, so the kids have to save yep. themselves from lots of different kinds of peril at the hands of their uncle, or sorry, their cousin, Count Olaf. 
I could summarize the movie in one sentence yeah. a little bit faster, and that's just that this movie is fucked. <laughs> but apart from that... <laughs> I thought you were just going like, to say it's, it's a series insane. of unfortunate events, which which just kind of is. Uh, nail, nail on the head there. I think they say it in the start of the movie as well. well like It's one of the first lines in the movie. Is the banker comes down and he's like, no, uh, I thought it was the banker. I'm, Honestly, this is a detail I'm not aware of, but someone's like, a very unfortunate event has occurred. Oh, yes, it is the banker when he's on the beach. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it's the first of the series of unfortunate events. Yeah, this is a... All these poor orphans. Yeah, I I love this movie so much uh, for two reasons. One, like I watched it when I was a kid, obviously when I was nine, and... Would I have been nine? I would have been nine. And I still have my cinema ticket from Liffey Valley Cinema on the 23rd of December, 20, not 20, 19, uh, sorry, what am I going? 2004, wow. my God, it's late on a Friday. It's Friday the 13th as well, so it adds to the spooky nature <laughs> of a series of unfortunate yeah. events. But, um, well, Gary, you know, you and I can only do spooky podcasts. Yes, We've that's decided true. like Labyrinth, Jurassic Park, yeah. Pride and Prejudice, Pride, very all spooky. spooky. Um, what else? Holiday, very spooky. Very spooky. Um, Halloween happens in that movie. It does. Yeah. Uh, Wonder Woman 1984. Uh, horrifying. Spooky, spooky. Cheetah? Mm. That was a fancy dress. Anyway, we're getting slightly derailed. But, Sorry. Yes. Um, yeah, so uh, I guess why I love this movie for so many reasons is one, watching it as a kid. Two, I'd read the books as well. So there was that added enjoyment of being able to see things I had read, you know, portrayed or ad- adapted for the big screen. And three, it stars the wonderful, hilarious, fantastic Jimothy Carey. Jimothy Carey. I think it's um I like that we've I've also read the books for this. I think that's another important thread that runs through the majority of our podcasts. Yeah. Barring one or two. Well even Labyrinth um, wasn't based Jurassic Park. Labyrinth Although, wasn't based on a yeah, book, but Gary, it was about a person who loved that... books. So this one double barreled, yes, we've got close. someone who loves books book and smart. it's based on a book. Book smart, my god. It's like some weird MCU yes, Also books. Holiday <laughs> But although I do think <laughs> Uh, <laughs> they should read we a don't book. talk about holidays <laughs> that's, that's, a, yeah. that's a book that's a movie sorely lacking a, a diary Gary a diary ah, full of dates that's a book there we go we but this. I will say um, we have to do isn't, book next so we've sorry. both read yeah we've both read Jurassic Park mm-hmm. and we've both read these the series of unfortunate events yeah. and I, I feel like that's where the list stops we've, we've both read the crossover in our books oh yes we have yeah. now <gasps> which I would call oh, God. <laughs> this book is fucked <laughs> in one sentence yeah um, I'm pretty sure that was your Goodreads review yeah. um, but yeah so this uh, movie uh, what I love about it for so many like so yeah obviously love the adaptation and stuff like that but I guess just as a movie by itself how do you think it stands up if you had never read the books or anything like that like what like what, what would you view it as like um, as, a, as a movie entity kind of thing yeah so I think the movie like describes it itself and I, I feel like I'm also stealing this from my own knowledge of the books is that it's like a, a gothic mystery that you've kind of turned on on its head a little bit um it's got that thing that happens in movies where we don't really define a time period we just go ooh oldie-esque and we're gonna make it spooky and uh it's got a, a very distinct tone yeah. is probably a good way to describe it like there's a narrator and they use this narration device quite quite well quite excellently some might say like as Gary did with the bit in the beginning there's a narrator played by Jude Law who's met who is Lemony Snicket uh in theory telling you how terrible everything's gonna be talking about how bad stuff gets for the kids all the time kind of like dips in and out being like oh god it's only gonna get worse people what are you still doing (laughs) in the movie and that's how the books are written as well (laughs) 
they're like, close the book, turn back now, don't read it as you go through it. Which is like kind of fun, especially in 2004 as kids. That would have been something that was just so weird and out there that um, we would have loved it. As an adult, rewatching this movie, I think it's great. I think, oh my God, these kids have a terrible life. And I also think they they did a bit too much. You know, this book, this movie is the first three books Mm -hmm. smushed together. And they added in another like set piece, like plot set piece in the middle. That was that the, the train. The train. Yeah, because yeah, I meant to ask. That I doesn't thinking, happen. I was like, because I have watched the Netflix series as well, which I would highly recommend for anyone who's a big fan of the series or this movie, uh, the, like the book series. Or this it's very movie. targeted, Gary. I it's very targeted because I haven't watched. I it. cannot believe you haven't watched the series. I can't either. To be That's honest, that's incredible to me. You know what? Do you want to know something funny? I got Netflix to watch the Jesus series. Christ. I still haven't watched the series. <laughs> Okay. That's... I was like, now that they're bringing out a series of unfortunate events, I'll cave and I'll get Netflix. Mm. And you've so... watched Bridgerton like fifty times. <laughs> I'd rather not say. Okay, fine. That's also based on a book. It makes sense. Don't worry about it. Okay, uh, but but um, yeah, and I, I guess like I remember as a kid when I was watching this, I was like quite upset because again, I think this might have been one of the first movies I ever saw that was based on a book I'd read. Because <laughs> nerd, Gary doesn't read many books, and. <laughs> I remember just thinking like they left it this bit, they left it that bit, and I think the bit where um I think the like yeah I remember like things being moved around and being quite upset, but looking back and also having seen the Netflix series, I think this movie did a really really good job of just like hitting the 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 plot points it needed to, but also doing a really good job of making those three stories like link together and be coherent especially with um there's yeah. like at the end scene of the first book is actually at the end of the movie which acts as a really kind of natural place mm-hmm. to leave the story which i which i thought was quite interesting and even even the bits they change so uh like as we said they take the end of the first book and put it at the end of the movie overall and the way the first book actually pans out is like so Kanto Olaf's trying to get her to fake marry or real marry him in a fake play so that he can steal their fortune. And in the book, she does that. Like, she signs with her left hand and that's how... It's her non-dominant hand and that's how they, like, foil him. Yeah. But um, in the movie, they don't. That's not really how they end it. But I just love that uh, they still make nods to all the things yeah. in the books that they've changed and moved around. So, like, they reference her hands. Like, yeah, because he, um, he says at one point, he goes, uh-uh, gotta sign it or whatever. Like, they... And it's it's because I remember as a kid yeah. thinking like, oh yeah. no, Jim Carrey Count Olaf's even smarter than I thought. He's read the source <laughs> material. He knows... But it is, it's like a, it's like a good bit to like throw you off, yeah. you know, if you've read the books and you're still going to get something kind of unexpected from it. It's a bit um, like, and of course Gary would find a, I will... find a way to bring this in, uh, but it's a bit like the movie adaptation of Dr. No, where uh, in the in the book, James Bond puts a knife into his sleeve. And he uses that to then escape. Mm-hmm. But in the movie, he's like, ah, uh-uh, leave the knife. And I'm like, oh, this Mr. Doctor knows even smarter than I thought. Mr. Doctor. Um, yes. Yeah. Or it's like the James Bond book to movie adaption for Golden Eye. No, Moonraker. Sorry. Talking about James Bond. <laughs> for, for, this is great. For Moonraker, where they just changed the entire plot. And they were like, no one will see it coming. Yeah, the, the entire <laughs> no movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, um but I, I, I guess another kind of thing that I love about this movie is I'm just going to keep oh, moving from section to section saying how much I love this movie. Um, the cast 
of this movie is incredible. When you look at the star so power that good. it has. So obviously it has the three kids that are like whatever. Um, but it's got Jimothy Carey. It's got Billy Connolly. Uh, by the way, a little warning for everyone. Gary's going to do a bad Scottish accent for a bit of this. And then Great, it's wait. also got uh, Mer- fucking Meryl Streep. It's got... Yeah. Um, uh, what's her name again? Oh, I wrote it down because I was so surprised that Catherine she was in O'Hara? it. Catherine uh, O'Hara? Jennifer Coote. Catherine O'Hara, Jennifer Coolidge, oh. uh, Dustin yes. Hoffman. Like, yeah. what a fucking cast for but what is know, effectively a Nickelodeon Timothy movie. Spall. Yeah, Timothy Spall as well. He's Poe. He's so... Oh, he's Poe. And then there's the other guy yeah. who looked like he was in Pirates of the Caribbean, but I couldn't tell you for sure. Yes. It's funny how many great um, actors... And I think this was like... Of the kids, I don't think the, like Klaus and the baby went on to do much. But I mean, Emily Browning's been in tons of stuff since this what's she been in that's a good point gary she's kind of died off in recent years but she she had a little <laughs> resurgence where she did like sucker punch like her career started and then i think she must have changed it you're the imdb man when we're podcasting you're gonna have to look this up uh i'm on it i'm on it let's see what's because what's i she... loved her and i went to see all the other stuff she was in afterwards so yes yeah, super uh sorry, sucker punch magic magic the host summer in february plush god help the girl pompeii She's in Pompeii. Uh-huh. You know that movie with uh, Kit Harrington about Pompeii? Oh, yeah. She's in that. Um, what else we got? Le- oh, she's in Legend. You ever seen Legend? It's a great movie. The TV 2000, show? Uh, oh, no, it's 2015. It's got uh, Tom Hardy and Tom Hardy in it. And it's all about Tom Hardy and his brother, Tom Hardy. It's very good. Okay, well, anyway, in 2022, Gary, in 2022, she was interviewed with the Irish Times. And she said, um, I didn't like the world. And she wanted to go back to her other life. There you go. Oh my god, a, a very a series of unfortunate events. But she's also back nothing. in movies. She's in American Gods. That's she's on TV now. Oh, she's not the same. Not the same as a big silver screen. Anyway, <laughs> uh, but yeah, like I said, cast yeah. unbelievable. Um, I just. So I guess another kind of part about this movie that kind of you know brings a bit of sadness to me is that they never made more of them. And I remember being really excited in the hopes that they would, which is why I'm quite happy they they, they brought they were able to do it for the Netflix series. But like, I don't think it made a lot of money. Like, uh, I had some numbers in front of me, but I forget them now. But it's just like, could you imagine if they were able to keep up that like caliber of celebrity, mm. like for each movie? It just would have been incredible. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think it like it made its money back, but I don't know if it was like well received. I, I understand. I, I think you know what they were trying to do with putting the three books yeah. together into a movie to kind of give you that mystery so that kind of mystery of the the amber spyglass or telescope whatever you want to call it and what happened to their parents that's obviously runs through all 13 of the books in the series Uh, and you don't you only really get drip fed it at the start but obviously with the movie they kind of wanted i guess maybe to lay like more ground into that mystery because it's the central theme um yeah you, you you have more time in a book you don't really in a movie so i guess that's probably why they smushed it together but maybe just ended up feeling a bit long or, yeah. or a bit. I it's it's only like an hour. Overcomplicated. 40, 40, 50 minutes, isn't it? Yeah, it's quite yeah, short. But there's a lot of there's a lot of big set pieces in it. Yeah, for yeah one yeah. movie. Uh, yeah, you know, you could have taken out Meryl Streep's bit. What? Never. How dare you? No, not that I would want it, Gary. But like, <laughs> yeah. she should have got her own whole movie if you think about oh, it. Versus absolutely. like putting yeah. two of them together. Because I think it's kind of roughly done on half hour splits, where you have yeah. half an hour with the kids meeting, like obviously the parents. Um, finally get their parents die and going to live with their 
I think it's third cousin four four times removed or fourth cousin three times yeah, removed. Yeah, or fourth cousin and, three times removed. Uh, who knows? Um, and it's them living with Count Olaf and it's understanding that he's actually a horrible man who only really wants uh, them to be able to take their big fortune. And then the next half an hour is them living with Billy Connolly, Uncle Monty, who loves snakes. And I really want to dig into a bit later about how much this man loves snakes. Oh, <laughs> and, uh, and and this being a I want a whole 40 man, minutes on that, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> 10 minutes longer than the movie gave him and yeah. like it's all about you know um, spoilers by the way for this movie where uh, he's eventually killed by Count Olaf who is able to use disguises throughout all 13 books just to always be able to chase the children somehow so in the in this second yeah. uh, section or movie he imp- uh, he pretends to be a, an assistant of Uncle Monty and then the, the next half an hour is them living with Aunt Josephine who is like a what would you even call it it's not um, a she's just very super sp- she's like, agoraphobic recu- Recluse, Go- like she's got a lot of um, she's just she's very concerned about everything at all times. <laughs> uh, and big fan of grammar, big fan of grammar. oh yeah yeah. And yeah. then the last half, uh, and then obviously, and then Count Olaf then um you know finds his way with the kids again, and is then uh, takes them and then tries to do that wedding in the last half an hour. So it is quite nicely distributed, I guess, throughout. Um, but I will say that first 30 minutes just sets up the world, the characters and just this universe so, so well. Yeah. And this universe, the key piece about this universe is that the adults are useless, useless Mm -hmm. idiots. Yeah. I think, um, uh, I actually think in the books, maybe around like book nine, he stops pursuing like we stop meeting a new Count Olaf every book and they're just like on the run from him or something I think at one point he frames them for his own murder even though he's not murdered in the books but um uh, like someone else in his troop is it's a whole thing but um yeah in this like Count Olaf appears in increasingly obvious disguises yeah Uh, what I love about that actually is so I don't know if you I watched the trailer for this before I rewatched the movie when I was like oh, no, downloading no. it from YouTube, but in the trailer they're like starring Jim Carrey, oh, Jim Carrey, and <laughs> Jim Carrey because they like cut oh, through man. all his disguises. It was a great bit. <laughs> oh, I love that. Um, yeah, and it's really funny because so uh, I, I was reading like quotes that Jim Carrey had said about the movie where he's like I have not read the books but he was like I'm just so fascinated by the character and Jim Carrey notoriously doesn't do sequels he's only ever done two uh, one being Ace Ventura 2 which he was contractually obliged to do and the other being Dumb and Dumber 2 but apparently for this he was all for doing more movies like he was so, find like, it was he, also Sonic the Hedgehog 2 oh sorry sorry I see that's just so like I'm so used to say, I've been saying that new other one, one yeah, for like yeah. 15 like for so long because yeah. up until Dumb and Dumber 2 he hadn't done one and then obviously Dumb and Dumber so yeah I'm just at this point it's gone but anyway he was notorious for a very long time for not doing sequels and yeah. uh this one apparently he was all for it and I would have fucking loved to see just Jim K with more and more disguises because don't get me wrong like the Neil Patrick Harris, Harris version is very like charming and quite like it's very very good but it, it does have that Netflix feel to it where this is very movie quality-esque and I think that's also when it comes down to like the set the costumes just the world and it's it's quite interesting I don't know if you really looked into it like too much but I don't, like Tim Burton was attached at one point to do the movie um, which I think you kind of see I can a see lot that, of similarities yeah. with his work uh, specifically Specifically, Sleepy Hollow, I think, influenced the theme and the gothic nature of the movie quite a lot. But what was most interesting? And I just, was... I love that score. Like that theme oh, score is so brilliant. Good. That they run through it. Yeah. So good. 
Sorry, uh, I distracted you from your point. No, my my last point, which I just think was quite interesting, was because, of course, when Tim Burton is involved, so is Johnny Depp. And Johnny Depp was meant to be Count Olaf for all the movies, which I also would have think, I also think would have been fantastic because any excuse Mm -hmm. to put a weird wig or mustache on that man, he is all for it. But you know what? I, I think Jim Carrey just, there's something about him that this role suits him so well. They're like, he's got that, I think it's his face contortions, like those other actors yeah. have been good, but they can't move just their face like him and that really plays <laughs> into the disguises. Yeah. Um, Gary, what's what's your favourite version of Jim Carrey in this? In this? Oh, Stefano, 1000 Stefano, the Italian man. Uh, the, Ita- I'm the Italian man. I can't do, I didn't work on my impression, no. <laughs> I did, I just I wrote like, that down I at need- one point. It was like, I am a Stefano, I am an Italian man. Hold on, I'm, hold on, I need 20 minutes thing to he says, workshop this. I, uh, I, like to facili- I like to facilitate and remain observatory. I'm, I'm an Italian man. I'm quite That's known for being... Uh, for, it's just, he's like, uh, I'm an Italian man. I No, ah, I can't do it. It sounds like Jack Nicholson. There's one bit. No. But like, what I love about I the Stefano character... I can't find <laughs> <laughs> That's it. What I love about the Stefano character is that like, every line that comes out of his mouth is gold even the ones yeah. that are kind of quiet like like when he's like mumbling away in the background if you actually listen there's one point where he's like I like children never really was a child though <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's just so funny yeah I Which wrote down so many like, of his quotes from in the book from in the books it's like it's 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 one thing to hear from the children from Lemony Snicket's perspective that the kids are so on to Count Olaf's disguise yeah. and they know it's him but there I think there's something so so much more entertaining when you can clearly t- like from a visual medium point of view it's so obviously yeah. Jim Carrey and then you see Billy Connolly being like oh Stefano you silly Billy it's <laughs> just like it's clearly Jim Carrey yeah but also like even the um I wonder how much of it is him versus like writing because I know Jim Carrey tends to kind of be good at doing his own stuff um, I have two because there's like that are- there's even lines earlier on where they're making when they're in Count Olaf's house the first time and he like sets them all the chores and they have to make him dinner and he's like they're like dinner and he's like it's the French word for the evening meal and then later on he asks for roast beef and he's like the Swedish word for beef that is roasted (laughs) and as a kid and even as an adult that was the funniest thing that I'd ever seen (laughs) I just have like a page of his quotes in my notes from this I tried to not. I, I I tried to not take too many, but my my biggest my biggest thing from the Jim Carrey performance of this movie was I was like the director gave him the note eyebrows. <laughs> Jim Carrey was just like, cool. Okay, that's fifty percent of my Count Olaf character's eyebrows. Got it. Cool. Moving on. Um, I did make I did make a great note here. Hang on, I'm gonna find it because. It's very relevant. Oh, you know when they um when they go to Count Olaf's house and he's performing for his acting troupe and then they're asleep but he's still just doing bits. I just broke down very does. Gary of him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like this is so on for us. There's been many a late nights where everyone's ready to go home and I'm like, but wait a minute, wait. You want to see my new Jim Carrey bit? It's the Stefano character. Oh, there's so much. I just could. I could talk for hours on this yeah. Jim Carrey stuff. The bit where they knock on his door, and also this was an hour, this is a very other Gary moment that I resonated <laughs> with, where, where they knocked on his door and he's like, "Intrude." <laughs> but I, what I love about that as well is that like before that he, he's like clearly listening at the door. He hears them, and then you can hear him running up the stairs to go intrude. <laughs> um, so it's all and there's like um, oh, so good or um. And another great performance is obviously Meryl Streep, but like Meryl Streep is Aunt Josephine being confused by Count Olaf as 
Jim Carrey as Count Olaf pretending to be Captain Sham is, yeah. again, hilarious. She needs more props for her comedic role in this. Yeah. I, I think I read... So I didn't see it on the IMDb trivia section, so it's probably not true. Uh, but I could have <laughs> swore it's a fact where I think she only did this because her niece or daughter... I think like that's a big true, fan yeah. of the books. Um, which I can we give some props to young children in the lives of famous and expensive actors forcing them to do movies they don't want to for our enjoyment. Because like how many times like I'm pretty sure like um I don't know, this like I remember just hearing of actors being like the only reason I was in this Star Wars movie was because my kids said yeah. they'd never speak to me again or some shit. Um which I which I just thought was great. Um, um and but... I love um but like at that bit oh the other random actress, sorry, because it happens in the Meryl Street bit, so I've remembered is she's afraid of realtors. And when she opens the door it's Jane Lynch. <laughs> Oh, it is Jane Lynch. Yeah. Fuck, I forgot she was in this as well. My God. Um, but that cast. bit that I was talking about that I, I just find incredibly funny is when, like, the kids are like, it's Count Olaf. And she's like, behind Captain Sham. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, no. <laughs> you fucking idiot. Like, no. Oh, and he, so calls, good, he says that he, yeah. He says he's got that's... a face like a hen's arse, which I also find really funny in Jim Carrey's voice. Um... But like that, and again, like the, just the strength of the cast, like the fact that you you love that you can love that, that you can love and just be so sad about the death of Monty is just incredible. Yeah. Like with such such short screen time that Billy Connolly has, and I don't know, it's very sad recently. I don't know, I probably shouldn't bring it up, but it is a series of unfortunate events. If people knew what they Obviously. were getting into when they listened, was uh, I don't know if you watched his BAFTA speech recently. No. Oh, it's very sad. He was just, he got a lifetime achievement award, but he obviously is talking a lot about his Parkinson's and stuff. But um, yeah, it's oh, just a very oh. nice man. But uh, keep it to cheerful, cheerful stuff. Snakes, snakes. Um, so uh, snakes. Uh, Abby and I, I wrote down a lot of in my notes. Abby and I love this movie. My little sister and I, and a lot of the like stuff in it is bits that we would then do to each other as kids. Like you know when he's they're taking the kids away and he's like take the kids away before I lose it big time. Like we just used to say that <laughs> to each other all the time. Yeah. Be like, stop it now before I lose it big time. <laughs> uh, um, but just back to Monty, actually, I, I, I love this character for so many reasons yeah. because he's just so, he's such a warming character. Oh, the little udders, um, that's the other one. The udders uh, on the snakes, Jim Carrey can't find yeah. them. Uh, my, my big thing about Monty is from both the books and the Netflix show in this movie is just like, they really want to go in hard about how much this man loves snakes. Like, it, like from from yeah. from the moment you see his house, there are snake statues, snake hedges. Uh, like I can imagine, although I, I I don't know for a fact, but if I feel like if he has col- columns on like a porch, there's snakes revolving around them. Oh yeah, um, yeah. which is just such a red. I know Monty's a nice guy, but it's such a red flag. Like nobody should, nobody's house should scream what their hobby is I as hard snakes. as Monty's house. Like, Even if your hobby like, isn't snakes. Even if it's a more normal home. Yeah. Yeah. Like, imagine if you just walked into my house and it's all of a sudden it's just like a cinema, fo- like, foyer. Like, it just, it shouldn't, it Gary, shouldn't you know what? Be... It's, it's like if I walked into your house and, like, the coasters said reeling on the piers and the t-shirts said reeling on the piers and well, the cards said reeling on the piers. That's all hidden away. Don't you worry. That's, the that's not, that's, not in, that's yeah. not in the garden. You know what I mean? That's what I'm getting yeah. at here. Um, um, but, yeah, great. and... I have a funny, one of my favourite bits about Monty is it's, you're right, it's incredibly sad when he dies. Um, But that's like, when the police come to investigate, it's just the peak incompetence of 
a werewolf when the kids yeah. are like, this is Count Olaf. And they're just like, this man has no eyebrows. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. and, then, yeah. and then they're like, they're like, he tried to kill us with a train. And the inspector just looks at them and goes, where would this man get a train? <laughs> and carries on. And they're like, oh my God, he's got a tattoo on his ankle. And they're like, it's makeup, rub it off. And the adults are like, children, please. Don't be ridiculous. We're going to wrestle you to the car. We're going to let this strange man wrestle you to the car. And if you listen in the background, Poe is like, now, children, have a good time. Don't complain too much. And they're screaming, being like kidnapped by the man and the doctor, who's his his, uh, acting troupe pal. Classic, classic, so classic comedy. Classic kids yeah. acting. Um, but it's funny. I find the, uh, good the child sympathy. acting. By the way, sorry. Speaking of great kids, child acting, oh, let's talk about it. that for a bit. Um, yeah. From mm. from, from they the were all quite young in it. Like yeah. Mm. Well, you should. What age was Emily Browning? Miss number one, Emily Browning fan of all time. Oh, Gary, you are asking me a question that I might, like, pontificate in advance of answering as I check the answers. So, she was born in 1988, which would naturally make her, um, 14, probably 15 filming, let's say. For for those who can't see the the, the video format, Lily's doing all this with her eyes closed. This is crazy. (laughs) This is like some minority report level shit. What I actually did was just tie a blindfold on and, like, think about it. Uh, yeah, I'd say she was, so 1988, so that's 12 in 2000. When did this come out? 2004? So probably filming. Probably recorded 2000. in 2003, yeah. Yeah, so. That's young enough. 15? Um, 15. Uh, and it's the end of the year is her birthday, so 14, 15 probably making this. Oh and she's the oldest. Uh, so that's um incredibly impressive. Uh, but I actually thought Klaus was quite mm-hmm. impressive as well. Because some, some of the dialogues like he's given is like quite shouty. At like, because he's quite like yeah. a, he's a bit hot headed in a way. Like he has that mm-hmm. rant when they storm up to the attic at one point after Kent Olaf being an asshole or whatever. And there's bits where he's like he gets smacked in the face as well by Jim Carrey's Kent Olaf, and mm-hmm. he, he does those. Oh yeah, actually, really. If you could close your eyes for a sec again and just yeah. try and imagine what age the mm-hmm. actor who played Klaus Baudelaire in the 2004 13? season Fortune Events. Oh wow! 13. Did you know he's Irish? What? The only child of Irish-born artist and um, an Irish-American dude. This is crazy. You're doing all this from your head. Not even looking at the screen. Okay, well, from my well, okay. mind. Well, Wikipedia says he's an American actor, so... And mm-hmm. I know how... Well, his, sir, it, his middle name born is... born in New York middle City. middle name is own... Pork. <laughs> so... Yeah. You know, you know, there's a lot of Irish in New York, Gary. It's totally fine. His mother was an Irish artist, apparently. He's still acting. I did okay. not realize that. He's obviously not done that many big things since then. But and to go against the advice of David Bowie in Labyrinth, let's not forget about the baby here. Let's talk about. Let's not forget about the baby. Played by twins, as most babies are. Played by twins, although. Uh, apparently they were supposed to be triplets, oh. uh, but the, the triplets kept, they, they were suffering from like, uh, what was it, like separation anxiety or some shit like that, Aww. where basically you would put one by itself and then the other two would start crying and shit, uh, so they had to be like, right, they fired those triplets. Imagine being fired from a job before <laughs> they you fired, could speak. Hilarious. They fired that baby. They forgot about that baby is they what they did. did. Times three. Time. It's a lot of babies to forget about. I know. Um... Uh, 
but yeah, uh, it's played by twins. I don't think they end up doing too much either. But um, yeah, no, really, really good. Um, I was. Yeah, it's just it's a very solid movie. I think it, it, it. I think my biggest drawback from the movie is that like it does feel very kiddish. Like it just it feels mm. very very kiddish, and I don't know if that's because it's from like a Nickelodeon point of view or whatever. But like I think this is probably this yeah. was like the part of Jim Carrey's career where I feel like he was doing a lot of family friendly stuff, like with this and the Grinch and Mr. Popper's Penguins, like all those kind of combined yeah. together, where it was just like kids movie kind of stuff. But Although, I feel like at the same time he was they doing do try to kind of you know Bruce Almighty. They are also trying to like you know it is that kind of classic kids movie thing of playing to the adult audience as well mm-hmm. with some jokes that are going to go over the kids' heads and obviously Jim Carrey is kind of tends to play that role in movies a lot like doing yeah. it for the parents as well as the kids and it is um uh oh my god did you know Gilbert Godfrey's in this as well sorry I saw the Wikipedia open he's a uh, is he. He appears as Affleck Duck in an uncredited cameo. What? What? Oh, a, a commercial? Oh. I'm really Come confused. on, Lily. What's What is this? What is that? I'm really confused, of... but apparently he's in how a... Have we, how have we sunk to the levels of uncredited cameos and commercials? Come on. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Um... Um, I was making but, an actual point. Sorry, they're playing to the... It's, it's a, it is playing to the adults, yeah. like the parents as well. And it could be, like, I wonder, though, is it, like, a kind of a reaction to just how dark a lot of the material is? That, That's like, true, yeah. you yeah. kind of have to really tone it back down the other side. Otherwise, it's it's not a movie for the target audience at all. Yeah. Um, but then again, I love seeing Jim Carrey doing monkey noises to a baby. I'm like, this, oh, this yeah. is my jam. <laughs> this is the height of comedy. Yeah. Banana, banana. <laughs> that, that, like, comedy. that, like, I love that, like, that shit still made me laugh, like, how everybody oh, yeah. was on. More than, like, some of the maybe more cleverly constructed jokes. I'm like, nah, Jim Carrey doing monkey noises. That's all it yeah. takes. Jim Carrey. Also, like, Jim Carrey rocking in a chair in a hallway going, do you have a hall pass? That made me laugh. Uh, Even I, though it's I'm, terrifying. I'm going to spend all night trying to get this Stefano impression down. It's going to irritate me so much. I, did, I, I do have a note about, um, about Billy right, but... Um, I, I'm going to try and I'm going to hate listening back to this, but it's just, I am Stefano. I am an Italian man. My name it's that is long Stefano. I'm man. an Italian man. Italian I'm, man. It's, it's more... I'm an Italian it's man. Bit, uh, uh, fuck me. This is going to... Anyway, we'll move on because this podcast will be three hours long until we get it right. <laughs> and, and then I love when he's... I still love when he's playing, like... When he's playing Count Olaf, he feels more like he's playing Jim Carrey. And I think it's funny because you watch him play, like two characters in the movie then go back to playing himself at the end so just playing yeah. Count Olaf and uh, god that man is deranged like he's talking <laughs> to the kids like he walks into the room the kids are talking he walks in he's like Caesar must die Caesar must die <laughs> he's like what <laughs> this makes no sense but I love it uh, at one point they're like he's like we can't all get what we want I want all investigations against me to cease <laughs> it's so it's so weird and it's not, I don't think anyone else doing it would it, would it be that funny. Like, Jim Carrey yeah. really plays to it so well. Well, like, one of the, one of the people who was, um, I, I saw that was apparently, like, there's obviously, like I said, um, Johnny Depp. Um, but also in this was, um, mm-hmm. I think I had somewhere else where, like, Glenn Close was meant to play uh, Aunt Josephine and stuff. But uh, one of the people I saw on the IMDb trivia section, yeah, which has never that. been wrong, uh, was Jonah Hill as never? Count Olaf. But, like, he said apparently he no. turned, yeah, yeah, I don't. I, I couldn't see it. Like, 2004, like, anyway, it'd be weird. 
Um, that is weird. John, I'd love that to see very... John, John yes. Mulaney play Count Olaf. Oh, that'll be so good. My name Does is every version... I'm an Italian man. <laughs> That's it. That would absolutely be it. Uh, and they're just like, he's just like, I don't Nothing's know, I want your fortune or something. <laughs> I'm a sea captain. Sorry. Listen, orphans, I don't know. Whatever your name is. Oh, when he looks at his hands to check the kids' names. That's also great. How did we yeah. forget that bit? Um, I have some other kind of uh, interesting trivia and facts now that I've, I've, I've checked out my, um, what you call did it, you know... uh, trivia section. Oh, you mm-hmm. got a trivia, a bit of trivia. Well, I was going to say, so it's written like... The author who pretends to be Lemony Snicket, his name is Daniel Handler, and he did, I don't know if he wrote the final script, but he definitely wrote the first one, um, the like original idea of putting it all together, and I think that's yeah. nice, they always prefer when the author's involved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think it's very important, um, from what I've learned from movies in the past, where it's very important to have the person who wrote it involved, but also get a script writer to do it and I think one of the best yes. most recent examples from it yeah. is J.K. Rowling with the Fantastic oh. Beasts movie where oh. I actually didn't like I didn't really love the first two movies but the third one wasn't very like it wasn't the best movie ever but I thought it was the best one of them and I think that's because they were able to bring a scriptwriter in to like teach and you know what like, um, I think story with movie so. yeah and on that topic as much as I don't like her for many many reasons at this mm-hmm. point you know her questionable politics aside she's not in any way like you know she got to she's a book writer so she wrote big books and then someone brought yeah. those down and made the Harry Potter movies like I don't think she can create a world in a hour or 30 minutes she needs a big book that someone else breaks down because you yeah. I noticed that in those movies the plot doesn't follow it's not great at like setting itself up or following through on stuff and it's because she's not writing the way yeah. she's meant to whether you think that's good or not is really different but um, yeah. yes um, yeah and also I another, agree another cool thing another cool thing about this movie um, it's mm-hmm. the, uh, it was the first ever Nickelodeon movie to win an Academy Award which was for best makeup and hairstyling because I will say the makeup not only on Jim Carrey but just also on the so other characters whether that good. be um, like uh, the acting troupe which you haven't even gotten into as well which I think in the books is definitely a big part, but very, very underplayed in the movies. In the movie, mm-hmm. sorry. They're always um, like the the tool, I guess, for Count Olaf to get away with it is the acting troupe. Yeah. And and they are just um, way more competent and usually yeah. just make up for yes. his lack of uh, any way, you know, expertise and knowing uh, how to do and, and because the troupe is big, that's kinda of how they explain away how he gets away with it each time in the book is that often like Count Olaf might not arrive until like halfway through, but oh a different member of his troop has been there and that's it's not the same one you saw last time and that's why you didn't recognise him for this long, you know. They they can play into that yeah. a little bit more in the book. Um I was gonna I had another point, Gary, and well just because you were talking about it, it was like nominated for costume design, but it didn't win. But Gary, at one point, how did it not win? Because at one point, Count Olaf wears the biggest top hat I have ever seen oh, so for good. no reason. <laughs> it's so Just... good. Oh, it's when he gets them in the court and it's like four times the size of a regular top hat. Yeah. He wears it for 30 seconds. They can't even fit the whole thing on the screen. And it should have won the Academy Award for that. What did win the Academy Award? This is where Gary gets know, angry in a movie that uh, best costume... It's just a lot of this podcast. A lot of us googling the Lord of the Rings: Return of the King. Like, what even is that movie? No, the Aviator. The Aviator. One year later, Gary. Oh, sorry. I was looking at the actual Oscars that came out into. Oh, because I was. This was. Ah, that's unfortunate because I really wanted to go in about how I don't like the Lord of the Rings movies. But oh well. Yeah, the Aviator. Fine. Why not? 
I've never seen it. You're just gonna steal that, um... You're gonna steal that late night with Seth Meyers bit and go in about how you don't like Lord of the Rings. <laughs> so good. I, I think you'll. I think you'll find I had that. Bit, I had that um, opinion before the, that. I was just using that to show that other people feel that way too. Uh, the great thing is that this movie stole the Oscar for best makeup from The Passion of the Christ, which just I love good. for some reason. This one is my um, religion. You can't offend me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I'm looking at best actors and I, so far I'm seeing no names that are Jim Carrey for that year, which is quite, quite shocking. Well, how dare they? Um, Jamie, Jamie Foxx for Ray as Ray Charles, John Cheadle for Hotel Rwanda, Johnny Depp for Finding Netherland, uh, Netherlands. It's very difficult to find the lowlands of Holland. That's what I'll say. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio for The Aviator and Clint Eastwood for A Million Dollar Baby. Yeah, and the supporting actor... No, wow, Morgan Freeman, yeah. Mm-hmm. Let down. Again, my God. Um, back to a series of abortion events. Yeah. Uh, the, what else? Meryl Streep, just speaking of Oscar, Oscar winning actresses. And of course. Actors, um, it's funny how I had so much sympathy for Monty's death and absolutely no sympathy for Meryl Streep's uh, uh, No, well, I mean, she gives up the kids. She's like... She gives up the kids, but also... You take just, those kids. Yeah, I just... As someone who is notorious for not proofreading, I take oh, yeah. serious, serious, um, what you call it, offence when someone corrects my spelling or grammar. So to see a character mm-hmm. whose main personality trait is that, I am immediately against this person from the off. And <laughs> you just already perish. don't like her. I already don't like her. And when those leeches kill her, mm-hmm. big fan. I cheered. I remember, remember nine-year-old Gary, and I've never done it since. I got up and clapped, and and just did an entire lap of the cinema, clapping, being like, "This is cinema. <laughs> it's me, nine-year-old Gary John Mulaney." <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, and, and like they find the banana, and then the the leeches. She sees the leeches in the distance. She yells, "It's the leeches!" Like we didn't already know that, Aunt Josephine. Come on, yeah. provide us with some good information. That, that's the scene where they what, what uh, Lacrimose Lake, and there's a whole yeah. thing where her husband had died. She was quite an adventurous woman before that, and the mm-hmm. uh, she becomes quite a, like you said earlier, like a bit of a recluse after that happens. After she gets eaten by these uh, carnivorous leeches, and um, she always says that if you're supposed not supposed to an hour, half an hour before you go out in the lake, otherwise the leeches yeah. get you. In. An hour, no, Reading. a full hour, Gary. A full hour. Because Ike only waited forty five minutes. Ah. Ike only waited forty five minutes, and the leeches got him. So yeah. one hour. Do one it as John hour. Mulaney. Say it's the leeches as John Mulaney, please. Okay, you know that like my my impression. Your John Mulaney is extend. one note. <laughs> it's very one note, so I think you can already hear how I'm gonna say it. I'm ready. Yeah. You've got to wait one hour, or the leeches will get you. <laughs> That's it. That's I, I would like you to say as John Mulaney, I'm Stefano. I'm an Italian man. No, because I can't do the proper impression. That's going to irk me until I'm able to do it. Sure, um, okay. but well, that's how that's it's... how we'll know. One day when you start jamalaneying that you are an Italian man, we'll know yeah. that you've cracked a You'll Stefano know I have my Stefano down. Um, <laughs> but what I love, and I th- this is the moment of the podcast where I want to transition into your your, your deep dark love. Of oh, my deep dark secrets. Events, um, was because you you you're 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 a big fan of correcting and a big fan of grammar. I'm not going to talk about that. Because you love correcting so much, but you once did a what was it a project or you I once did. wrote to the author? I did. Of the, oh, of Gary, the both both things are correct. So nine year old Lily um, 
so this in school in primary school we had to do so from like eight nine ten eleven I think that's third to sixth class we had to do what were called personal interest projects so we could pick anything that we wanted and we had to write a project on it and it had to have however many pages and what I always remember is that it had to have like a game in it too so like a word search or like a quiz or something to that effect but it just had to be something that you like and you need to put it together so in in third class I did it on lions I was really into lions at the time I'm a Leo you know it was a great project not gonna lie I got 95% of my lions project Gary I was pretty impressed okay we don't and need to hear your fucking results in fourth Jesus class Christ. who are you, you wait, Gary? for here huh? in fourth class <laughs> me and my, me myself and I John Mulaney okay. um, I <laughs> in fourth class I did it on a series of unfortunate events so the movie hadn't come out yet but we knew it was coming out that year and I was just so excited I'd read a good few of the books at this point and um yeah so I chose to do my project on a series of unfortunate events so I wrote like a little character profile for all the characters I introduced like the the kind of idea of the plot what it's about I gave like uh, my view of the world I think it's important to note that I wrote this project in the style of the Lemony Snicket books as well like mm-hmm. the cover page says also do great, not read this project it's a great way to teach you to stop reading yeah do not read this project <laughs> turn back give me more and than 95 one of the things I had to do was write a letter to the author uh, I enjoy reading the letter the nine year old Lily wrote it's so like I am a fan of your books. I like that Violet does this and I am writing my project on it. But I got a telegram back. It's obviously like, so it's like a printed one. It's obviously what they just send back to all people who write a letter. But I just thought it was such a nice touch because not everyone does that. But it was so sweet. And the telegram telegram comes back and it's like, I'm going to find it. I'm going to read it to you, Gary. Do you want to? Stop. Stop reading. Do not read this telegram. You've made a Something like that. Ladies and gentlemen, for those not uh, do not have access to the video, Lily has produced what I can only consider a very large binder, which I just think nobody should have shit from that long ago in such well, a large look, collection. I will and point out that it's this folder has my Lions project in it. It has um, my <laughs> oh, certificate. Oh, I remember. That's a good callback. <laughs> it has um, a special award I got for tidying up in 2002. Why are you flexing this hard <laughs> on primary school achievements? Gary, it's got my um, my ballet distinction. I got a, I got a silver with what distinction. And most people only got a Who silver. And I cried so hard for no reason. What is going on? But it also has like pictures that Abby painted for me. So like I've got a picture of me and Abby outside school that she painted on the back. It says, <laughs> I hope you get well soon. Because uh, my little sister loved to paint me things when I was sick. But anyway, okay, I got through good. all of that. She, okay, <laughs> she wasn't good. just like, get well soon. I, you're going to be sick sometime. It wasn't <laughs> yeah. But I, 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 I'm showing Gary on camera. I'll turn off the blur. Hang on. So like this is the little like postcard they sent me back. But like, so this is what I mean with the the back. It's very much Do you done want me like. To read uh, it or are you gonna? Read no, it? no. I was just I was just showing you. But it's like I hope this telegram arrives safely. Unlike me, stop. As in in the style of a telegram, it appears yeah. to leave out important letters. Stop, and then it, all the letters get worse. Suspicion is like a horrible fire because it spreads quickly. Count Olaf will stop at nothing to get what he wants, including posing as an innocent reader of a very of very sad books. Stop. That would be an evil thing to do. You should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> Stop. It is not difficult to shave the space between one's eyebrows or cover a tattoo with peanut butter. Stop. Of course your guardian is probably also in disguise. Who knows what you are hiding underneath your bed. Stop. In the present situation, it would be particularly problematic for me to c- comment on the Baudelaire case. Stop. I look forward to the very fine day, the VFD, which is 
we can talk about that in a second, when treachery is nowhere and we can correspond freely. Stop. And then it says, time stoops to no man's lure. It's just such a nice little thing. Came from New York. I will say, like, for something that this man did not, or like, uh, whatever publication or publishing, yeah, company um, did not need to do. That is a very, Mm -hmm. very cool touch. But they like, so it's like it's a printed card, obviously. Mm. But like, they still write your address and your name on the front and send it out to him. I think that's which is really funny because when I have, I have wrote letters to my heroes before yeah it's funny I, the word stop is featured quite heavily <laughs> but in no regard in no by no means it's in the form of a telegram it's it's very much a directive and an action um yeah that's that's uh that's a frequent mm. reoccurrence in mm. your life though. another another funny phrase they like to throw in is cease and assist <laughs> cease and assist cease, cease and help me <laughs> yeah. Sorry, cease assist. stop procrastinating gary and uh, help me yeah. no, cease and assist yeah but yeah um yeah, so I just really appreciate that. I hope I did it justice. Actually, there's like letters missing from the little telegram, as they said there would be, but um, I, I bit, oh, that's a visual gag. Me, I just that, don't know if that plays me, so me, well no, here. Send me a picture of it. I'll put it, I'll put it up on the, I'll put it up on the gram. Yeah. The on the Instagram. I'll do that later. I won't do that mid-recording, but yes, I'll send no, you a picture of the back of it. Um, a bit more nostalgia for me when I was younger was, uh, I don't know if you ever played the PlayStation 2 game of this. Oh, it was the best. No. Oh, it was so much fun. I it did was like, play, so yeah. I will add in that I, my dad downloaded me a very specific PC version, like game to play of this. Oh, and I wonder if they're similar. Because I know like you had to like invent stuff as Violet and then you had to like shoot stuff and it was all, I just remember having a little great That's time with cool. it. It was so much fun. Um, yeah, I remember that. It was like the first, The it wasn't the same game. I think it was like, maybe more puzzle solvey like you had to I remember there was a bit where you had to match things and it was like set in a house um, and you'd have to go through the house but it was like the first computer game that I ever played that was like mine as opposed to like um, you know like that's not just like solitaire or pinball Oh, but like this game, it was just like it was. It was around the time of you remember, like movies just always made PlayStation game versions of them. Like there was oh, but they ne- didn't necessarily have like much yeah. to do with the plot. They were like more focused on the action and stuff. But I guess what's so much what's so fun about looking back at these old games is just how poorly um, animated the actors' faces are. So if you get a moment today, oh, I might yeah. put it up on the Instagram. I might use this as a clip. Who knows? But like comparing the actors versus the, the like this PlayStation mm-hmm. 2 this 2004 technology it's 18 years ago it is hilarious it's obviously not as bad as and I don't know if you've seen pictures of it but it's PlayStation 1 Hagrid it's horrifying this isn't as bad uh, as I that have, but yeah, it's still yeah. pretty horrendous um, but I just remember so like, I from, had just I, I, do you remember like I didn't we didn't have a PlayStation when I was little but we did have a big computer like you remember the big thick computer screens the white one yeah, and the big like tower yeah. block that you needed to work on it. And I remember we um played we had the Rograts tie in games for both Rograts right. movies. And yeah. even like Abby and I kept going we had to keep that computer for years because no one could crack the last Rograts level. Like it was Jesus. insanely hard for some reason for this kid's game. Like at one point we were like, Daddy, I need you to help and he was like, What have they done with this kid's game? <laughs> Um, it was like a Pong thing, but it was like near impossible to crack yeah. as you got up the higher levels. And I feel like that's something that happened a lot in those games. That they'd be like mm-hmm. movie tie-in games, and then it'd be like the most difficult. There'd be the some incredibly difficult yeah. bit in the middle. Yeah. Um, speaking of um, haunting childhood moments and mm-hmm. the um, 
yet to be advancements in technology. Uh, the CGI, CGI Sunny. CGI, CGI baby. baby, yeah. CGI. Horrifying. <laughs> Terrifying. Haunts my dreams. Oh, it's creepy. It's ju- I just don't, you know what? I don't like it. I don't like it. It's not that bad like for it. the time, but I don't like no. it. No. Have you heard of, do you know, so- do you know the Uncanny Valley? I know the Uncanny Valley, yeah. It's, which ve- is it's big good. Uncanny Valley vibes, which is it's this. Very, it doesn't look enough, not like a human, but not mm-hmm. enough like a human for our yeah. brains to yeah. comprehend it as uh, something that's, you know... Yeah, there's like an evolutionary survival instinct that kicks in when we see graphics that are trying to be too human, where our brain goes, yeah. ah, that's super weird, I don't like it. That's this baby. But, like, there's mm-hmm. just something about... Mm-hmm. There's something about the Uncanny Valley that's, like, I don't mind. The other way, like, it's like it's a bit like in um, Rogue One with um, Princess Leia and Moff Tarkin. You know, it's mm-hmm. not just... It's not there yet. It's a bit... There's something off about it. But there's something about when you involve a child that just makes it more horrifying that I can't forgive this movie for. And apparently also I saw something where... Also because it's a child direct- and a snake. Uh, the child with a snake, yes. There was just too, much, too many horror... I didn't know mm-hmm. what I was more scared of. The big snake or the CGI bebe, but there was something the incredibly deadly O'Hara. viper uh, or the CGI bebe, <laughs> the CGI bebe. Uh, but the <laughs> sorry, the, the, the the director apparently wanted to just have a CGI baby for the entire movie, and I am so thankful they made that wise decision to not do that because it's like <laughs> I feel like this movie's that like undertake a very like uh i'm trying to think of a movie that like was like oh we'll just do it all in post and it just ended up being the worst thing ever i feel like the movie the lawnmower man did that where pierce Brosnan didn't necessarily know how it was going to turn out okay. and why it did and when it did it was like oh this was this was bad we shouldn't have done this <laughs> which i feel like what happened i'm trying to think of a good example of that i feel like i i know loads of them, I, 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 I think, think you'll find me i actually give I, you I, I think you'll find I gave the best example possible, which was the Sorry, 19 blah, 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 movie with Pierce Brosnan called The Lawnmower Man. Well, oh, of course. Find. How how could I be so wrong? Oh, no. I know. Uh, they used that uncanny valley effect in, you know, Pierce Brosnan's face in Mamma Mia 2001. Oh, you know it. <laughs> But except it's his voice where you're like, no one, such, no one should sound this good. This sounds weird. I've been trained from an evolutionary point of view to know humans can't sing that well, but clearly something is happening. And something that I saw that actually was going around recently and I found it really funny because it was, it started coming up on my TikTok before we even planned to do this podcast and we planned to do this podcast and I was seeing it everywhere, which is a different psychological phenomenon that we don't have time to get into. But um, it's that idea that it's like, you know that this book was written by a man because no woman can tie her hair up with a ribbon. It is impractical. It is, in fact, <laughs> impossible. And as we all wanted to do it. Of, of of this generation, we all wanted to tie our hair up with a ribbon, like Violet. And it, it doesn't work. Ribbon is not made. You need the elastic in it. There's a reason they put elastic in hairbands. You don't get this, Gary. Just like zone out for a minute while I have at it. Mm-hmm. But you cannot tie your hair up with a singular ribbon. But I tried many times. Many a my time. name is Stefano. I'm an Italian. <laughs> so I'm just working on working on my Stefano. <laughs> just workshopping Stefano. I'm an Italian man. Oh, I cannot do it. It's driving me insane. But yeah, much like I imagine the lack of elasticity in a ribbon to tie one's oh, hair with. Correct, Gary O'Brien. <laughs> correct. And as an adult watching this back, another thing that annoys me is that I'm. Um, uh, they have the little plaits in her hair, and it looks quite cool on her. They're like half her hair is kind of a plait. They've got to be clip-ons because... Yes, they are. 
Would you like to know why? Because so one of the big things about this movie I know was why. There was one major dif- there was one major difference between the movie costume um uh, mm. like between all the characters so Klaus in the books is apparently is, is nearly blind without his glasses but in this mm-hmm. in the movie they only show him with glasses when he's reading uh apparently Sunny hates the color pink but in this movie she's always wearing pink but Violet uh the actress um was unable to put her hair in braids because they would not uh stay together um or something I don't know a, I've cut my, my notes cut off because hair, I clearly so there's didn't no care. way it could stay together well, if you're washing you hair and you've got like kind of hair of that softer texture, it just won't stay in mm-hmm. a plait. Mm-hmm. I I understand mm-hmm. this. I've quite mm-hmm. thick hair, but I've quite mm-hmm. soft hair, mm-hmm. and it's a mm-hmm. it's a permanent struggle. So, I, okay. and also, Gary, the other way that you know this is that they put a big plait in her hair, and mm-hmm. she still had most of the hair that would surround it. Whereas if you were to do that with like a normal person, it would just take up all their hair, and they'd look weirdly kind of bald on one side. So okay. they've got to be extensions. What I do enjoy, though, and this is for, I'm, again... I'm acting but, this out, by the way, for for Gary. Well, you see, guys I'm can't tell that. Call, but but <laughs> I will say, just calling to the visual medium of a, of a podcast, uh, my <laughs> my Zoom background is a, is a poster of the movie, and you'll see that Emily Browning actually has yeah. flats in her hair. Yeah. And, and while it's <laughs> not really relevant for my description, I or for, for my point to get across, I'm, just, I'm fully, like trying to put a plait in my hair while I describe this to Gary so that he understands what I'm talking about, but I still think it's going over his head. I'm just imagining a monkey smashing symbols together in your brain that's going, I'm an Italian oh, man, I'm an Italian it, man, yes, I'm an Italian man. My name is Stefano. I'm an, I'm an, I cannot get it's it. Pretty it's pretty good. Insane. It's pretty close. No, it's not there. I, I, okay, I, I, I I'm sorry. I myself in my Jim Carrey impressions and I will not, <laughs> I will not rest until I get okay. this Um, But yeah, like, so I guess... But I thought, I thought, like, uh, just going back to the just to the hair thing, the, like I said, the kind of earlier, the costume stuff was quite good, and um, there was obviously so a lot cool. of attention, attention to detail, and it's unfortunate, like, having seen some of the Netflix stuff, what they were able to do with some of the other costumes for, like, I don't remember, like, I think it's the fifth book, the, the elevator one, where it's all, like, the pinstripes and stuff, mm-hmm. um, like, that whole episode, like, there's two the episodes, sixth book? Like, two episodes per... Six books, sorry. Um, mm. What's the fifth one? The fifth one's in the school. I don't know, it? actually. I'm just... Uh, yeah. I think the fourth the fifth one's, one's the, the school. The, the lumber mill. The fifth one's the school. Sixth one must be the, the... lift. Yeah, the sixth one's the lift. The fancy apartment in the lift. Uh, the seventh one is the the village. No. Or yes, is the seventh, seventh one the, the And the eighth, eighth one's the, the hospital? Eighth, eighth is the hospital. Ninth is the carnival. Ten is the slope. Eleven is the grotto. Twelfth is the penultimate peril in the hotel and the 13th mm-hmm. is the end thank you Brain, on the for island that and not having access to wikipedia um but like i said so the it was what was great about the costumes and stuff like and the actors looking so good i guess again just going back to the makeup was it kind of distracted you from the background of the movie which i thought was interesting because all of this movie was shot in a green screen uh, as a blue screen and in on a set on a sound stage so there was no at no point were they ever outside for any of this movie, which I thought was quite interesting. But you know what? I think that kind of adds to it, that kind of like... It does. It, it gives gothic, a weird like filter weird, to it. That, yeah. yeah. It, but I'll tell you where the worst example of that exists is uh, Dumbo. Have you ever seen the... I think it's 2017, 2018? I can't remember. I haven't um, seen it, but I, the, I've seen the trailers. It, don't watch it. It's it. bad. Uh, if you want okay. something to haunt your childhood, watch the, the CGI Dumbo. It's terrifying and bad uh which hurts me to yeah. say because it's got colin farrell danny devito and michael keaton and eva green it's an incredibly stacked movie but unfortunately it possesses the what i can only imagine the um summoned from hell demon that is Dumbo. <laughs> um but they uh, don't do blue they, screen they, well they do oh they do it so okay. poorly they do uh colin farrell's 
hand because he doesn't have an arm in the in the in the movie but it's really interesting because the guys of the corridor crew were breaking down how they had to like and reanimate his entire torso just so they could have him without an arm and shit like that but yet they couldn't do decent outsides anyway i'm getting far Wild. too far the point here but no cool you're it does give it well. a it gives it like a i don't want to say cartoony maybe like the, theatrical feel to it i think is yes. what it is yeah very soon yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. that's what that works quite well because that's the vibe they're going for but the attention to detail in the sets that they've created is mm-hmm. in it's intense, but I think it's like it's really apparent in Count Olaf's house where there's all these pictures of him. Like there's a portrait of him as Queen Elizabeth. There's like like, like a, a knight and stuff like that. Yeah, it's so good. I, I um I just love that like everywhere you turn there's a new kind of portrait of him in a weird just sort of I say like kind of famous theatre moments, I guess, is probably... Yeah. Or famous artistic But it's moments. funny, because... Uh, do you remember earlier I was talking about how it, you, you shouldn't have your hobby that on display yeah. as soon as you get into <laughs> someone's house? I think Count Olaf also took a page out of Monty's book and was like, my hobby is loving myself, yeah. so I want people to be very aware of that as soon as they come into my house. Yeah. Sorry, um, as soon as they intrude into his house. Intrude. Uh, sorry, I... I said that aggressively. I also wish I'd gone back and there's a moment where he gives the kids chores and I saw like the first two and I was like, oh, I must go back and pause it and read it. Oh, uh, I, ha- I had but the I list. It's not, it's, 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 it's not as entertaining as one would expect. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's obviously like, you know, like clean, uh, st- uh, iron and steam all clothes and like yeah. repair all buttons and stuff like that. Okay, um, cool. But yeah. I, just, I, I did I, also again, write a note, sorry, that uh, when, he's, when he's meeting them and he's like, you're a gloomy looking bunch. <laughs> They're like, yeah. are parents well, die I, 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 well I don't know if you've ever like if, if you do this it's it's well I don't know. I, I consider it well known because I've known it for years mm-hmm. but again I, I, I'm a weird person um, where no. the bit where what? he's like ooh what's my line tell me that again yeah. hit me with it again like that's actually Jim Carrey saying that because he did forget his line um, which I just think works so well yeah. for the movie as well um, mm-hmm. also here's a little sneak peek for the Ace Ventura 2 podcast which I just ooh. go um, do you know the scene where he sings Chitty Chitty Bang Bang Mm-hmm. In where he's like in the car. Apparently, Jim Carrey just forgot his line, so he started singing "Chitty Chitty Bang Bang." And they just kept it in the movie. So, um, I yeah, I yeah. it works. Great it works. My God. Yeah, he is, but he's he's got that like you know how we were talking about his facial expressions and how like varied yeah. you can go with them and like, but even just the way he holds his body, it makes no sense. There's when he's showing the kids around the house, he's got like one arm up in the air and the other like up behind him, and he's like this way. Um, <laughs> yeah. um, I hope no one ever sees my impression of that. Just watch the movie, kids, <laughs> and you'll understand yeah. what I'm talking about. But it's so funny. Oh, and it's when so- I know I talked earlier about his like little lines, but they really never like. They're so good. He tosses the kids in the room and he's like, "This is where you will sleep, time permitting," and just leaves them there. <laughs> <laughs> it makes I no sense. I watch it again. Then. It's so yeah. good. I would, I would highly recommend it to people, even mm-hmm. if they haven't read the the, the books. And mm-hmm. I'd say, even if you watch this, the the Netflix series, and mm-hmm. um, definitely check it out. It's it, it's well worth it. And if you've seen this. Go watch the Netflix series. Mm. Lily Nolan. Lily Nolan. And <laughs> Something that I enjoy. That's okay, a general call out <laughs> to the audience. <laughs> the audience in the, in the name of Lily Nolan. Uh, yeah. Something I enjoy when I watch things that you like or things that you recommend mm. or things that um, 
just that you talk about is I watch them and I can see the little bits in them that you've used to form your own personality. How <laughs> because, dare you? It's so funny. Like at one point, Jim Carrey calls the room the rumpus room. And I was like, this is why Gary calls all rooms oh, no. he stays in the rumpus room. Rumpus room is from Auntie Donna. Uh, okay i i feel like well yeah. that they were probably inspired by jim carrey or i mean who knows but they like might have been like yeah it's just it's subliminally a, it's a, it's i just the rumpus room yeah. is now yeah in fairness to jim carrey and Antonio, the rumpus room is a phrase but when i see it in like mm-hmm. media that i know you like and you yeah. consume i'm like yeah, oh this is this has lodged itself in gary's brain that's- that's yeah. that's very fair. That's very fair. <laughs> um, it's so that I, yeah, I started listening I, so when I started yeah, listening I, to the Anti Donna podcast, and I was like, I was like, this is just a preview show for Gary jokes. I could get, yeah. I could get the next episode early. How dare you? How dare you accuse me of stealing jokes? I, I'd never. I, I, I am Stefano. Influenced. I'm an Italian man. You've no idea how like I'm gonna say up all night. I'm gonna say this to you so often now. I'm like, Stefano, I'm an. Let's see, I'm always wondering. Oh, that's good. Nose. Mm. Yeah. I'm Stefano. I'm an Italian man. Nah, that's, that's pretty good. When you listen back to this, you'll be like, "Oh, I'm much better at it than I think I am." You you say that, but after 65 episodes, I realize that all the impressions <laughs> I do, I'm like, "Why did I think I was close?" I was gonna say. I was gonna say. I think it would be an excellent bit if um future Gary edits in just Jim Carrey saying it and pretends that it's his accent <laughs> doing it. Wait, I'll give it one more go. Okay. I'm an Italian man! <laughs> I think that's the closest I've gotten yet. Gary is suddenly swarmed by dogs and animals My and God. creatures of all varieties. Um, but yeah, I think that's a series of unfortunate events. Yeah. But also, I think we've covered the movie of a series of unfortunate events. The series of unfortunate events is just your progressively more aggressive Stefano impression. You have to say, yeah. you, and and it's important, Gary, that when you get it right, that you have to um, you have to do all the other Stefano bits. Some that I have gathered for you include facilitate and remain observatory, or I am as a child I became neurologically challenged in one side of my body. You'll get there. I'll there is one thing so we didn't much. talk about though, and it's this like. Oh. So just one thing that runs through the movie that's quite cool and it runs through the books is this idea of um, what happened to their parents and like this secret society that they're oh, involved like the in. Oh, like the plot. Oh, right. Yeah, I suppose we'll <laughs> Do you remember that bit that, of the yeah. plot? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 yeah. The mystery. The big, the, 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 the big, the big part of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. The VFD, as they say, which is, which is, yeah, sorry. I, and I, that's a callback you... to the, I wanted to mention that when I read the telegram and because he mentions a very fine day because VFD is an anagram that kind of follows the, the children around through the books and it's a secret society that their parents were involved in and Monty and Josephine and and actually Count Olaf you'll notice in uh, Josephine's house when she shows them the picture and they're like and then she takes it back off them there's they go through like their parents and Monty and and Aunt Josephine but there's like a blurred man on the side which is Count Olaf which is such a cool little detail that they went to to put all that in there um I think, spoilers, that it's Volunteer Fire Department is the actual acronym. It is, yeah. Yeah, they follow fake acronyms like throughout the books, like the Village of Foul Devotees. That's my favourite. It's all to, yeah. I think I I remember when I was reading the books, I don't think the mystery ever really satisfied me to what it had set it up to be. Mm -mm. Um, Me either. But again, I I think just the whole... fun of Count Olaf and the yeah. situation the kids found them in was was fun but I, I remember being quite disappointed by the end but I think the Netflix show actually does a very good job 
of fixing that in that like it, okay. it, there's some flashbacks and stuff Look, like that, Gary, that makes you, I will that watch the show in. eventually there's it's no not need like, for you to really you. pepper it through <laughs> I'm just saying I don't want to be like oh the whole mystery the whole series builds to it. it's shite yeah no. but I'm trying to be like but the Netflix series so I'm telling people Gary O'Brien don't read books just watch the adaptations it's great um, but yeah I, I think that's as a kid though Sorry, as a ki- as a kid though, it was um, it was just so cool. To, like a mystery that went through a series that was that seemed quite adult, and I think the books and yeah. the movies we talked about earlier just struck this balance of being like kind of different and giving you new, maybe more darker themes while still kind of keeping it friendly enough for kids of that age to read, which yeah. is why they were so popular. Yeah. But um, yeah, that's why I think it's, I... it's not an easy it's not an easy feat to get thirteen no. books published. Yeah, 13 books, uh, a bunch of spin-offs. He just wrote a new book. You know what else I have, Gary? Like, he wrote a little book of, like, quotes and phrases that he liked. I have that somewhere. Okay. I, I was really yeah, into it. We don't it. have time for you to read it. Oh, Gary, please. We are out of, t- we are out of time. Um, I just <laughs> wish we didn't talk much about, you know, all your different accolades from primary school no we might way. have had time for it we might have had time for it I know what you're thinking Gary was it necessary for you to do that much John Mulaney and try and you know do your Stefano yes, Gary I had a homework pass in there we didn't even get to it we didn't even get uh, to my time. homework pass we didn't even get to my star chart mm, we mm, didn't even get to the mm, tickets from time. the Tutankhamun exhibition I went to okay okay we're gonna stop there uh, Next time we can do the mummy and I'll bring that up. Oh, I'd love to do the mummy. Yeah, we'll do the mummy for like. Uh, yeah. I'd love to do that for like we can Halloween. Do for Halloween. Keep the spooky, scary themes. Theme. Yeah. I'll get people to do like. Spooky, spooky. Yeah, it's like, yeah. Okay, remind me that because I might forget. But remind me that I'll do that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Avid listeners of the podcast, hold Gary accountable. Yes. Um, thank you. That's me and David. We'll yeah. hold you accountable. That's true. He might, he might, he might, he might say it to me. He might remind me. Um, but actually, speaking to the avid yeah. listener of this podcast, thank you so much for listening. But I have a request. I say, actually, never mind. I have a demand and I have a request. The demand? Oh, five okay. stars on Spotify, please and thank you. On the app. Mm-hmm. On the app, five stars. I want it. It gives me no oh, yeah. money. No no extra bump in any sort of rankings or rating. I just want it. I want people to do it. And that's that's just Gary wants it, it and he's going to... What he does is when he gets them, he prints it off and he puts it in his own folder yeah. of achievements and I, to I, go funny, through. I bring it to my, my, my second class teacher... <laughs> And he's like, why, why you keep showing up in my house? I'm like, Mr. O. It's like, you told me to to do this. And he was just like, he said, show me your work. I'm like, I am showing you my work. You never specified the end date of that request. Anyway, so yes, that. The other is a request. And uh, myself and David bring it up on the uh, monthly movie awards often enough. But there is a fantastic website called Letterboxd, which is great for both tracking the movies that you are watching, but also reviewing them and being able to follow other people and see what they think of a movie. And myself and David have kind of been plugging our Letterboxd. But now that we finally got Lily on the podcast now, I'm going to plug Lily's. Lily has Letterboxd as well. And her username is... Lily underscore Nolan. Lily underscore Nolan. Give her a follow My there. My picture is Alice in Wonderland. There you go. Easy to find. Mm-hmm. Um, but also what we're going to do is every month on the Monthly Movie Awards, we're going to read out our our favourite 
reviews of movies that came out that month and such. So uh, if anyone follows myself, David or Lily, and uh, we'll we'll see what people are reviewing or rating movies, and we'll call we'll give it a call out on the on the monthly movie awards. And uh, we maybe we'll give it an award. That's a good idea. I'm gonna write that down. We'll give it an award. Um, but. An award, an award for the best review. Yeah, award for best review. Yeah, review award. That's a good idea. I'll do that. Um, or maybe I'll forget. Who knows? Or maybe I won't do the mummy. Um, I'll... I mean, my my favorite, my favorite is um, of, of the last month is there's been some excellent Northman reviews. If people want to go check those out mm-hmm. on Letterbox, um, I recommend. Absolutely. Uh, and also, you can follow my Instagram and at Reading of the Peers. We put up um some stuff there on the podcast as well. Um, but yeah, I think that's it, Lily. I think I've covered off everything. I think so. I think we've done every event that was unfortunate. Mm-hmm. I, I oh, there is a poll box. we can put into the podcast, and I think mm-hmm. we might do oh. something like: Is Gary getting closer to his Stefano impression? I okay. I had a real suggestion. Okay, that we could put which version of Count Olaf is people's favorite. Count Olaf, OG Count Olaf. Jim, so uh, Jim Count Carrey. Olaf in the top hat. Oh, sorry. I was gonna say Jim Carrey, Neil Patrick Harris, Count Olaf, Gary. Count Olaf in the top hat. Okay. Uh, Stefano the Italian man I find man. this funny that you started Captain this as a Sham. serious suggestion yeah well it is like which version it's Count Olaf mm-hmm. Count Olaf in the top so you they're lose two very distinct versions that's where, you, Stefano. that's where you get me <laughs> Stefano the Italian okay. man where would he get a train <laughs> Gary Captain Sham is Count Olaf behind him okay. who's to say and then Count Olaf in the play there's five options okay. play Count Olaf um and I believe, oh, what what random joke will I make about play Count Olaf? Play Count Olaf. Uh, I'm pretty sure at one point play Count Olaf goes, my public awaits. So we could throw that in somehow. Okay, okay fine. I uh, guess that'll be oh. the options. But if people could just message me and tell me or, my Stefano's getting closer. Sorry. I, have one more, I have one more Count Olaf. Okay. I have one more Count Olaf. It's Count Olaf when they're on the boat. Being rescued Jeez, after bloody, the whole thing. Bloody countless thing, like, Olaf, am I right? Fucking away. hell, this, this is going longer and well, longer. Hey. So, so in a, what, what would actually be a, a quite a traumatic moment for those children, their guardian who just opted to sacrifice them is pushed away to be eaten alive mm-hmm. by carnivorous leeches. Uh, the police arrive and Count Olaf just turns around and goes, everybody be cool. <laughs> and then he, he handles the police situation. Okay, so, so I think that Count Olaf deserves a mention. Okay, so what's that one? Count Olaf be cool? I'm going to need you to send me a list after this. Yeah. Be, everybody be cool. Everybody be cool. I will. I will. Don't worry about it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I think the obvious winner is either Italian Man Stefano or Top Hat Count Olaf, but I'll let the population decide. Okay. I'll let the people I love speak. that. It's not even the listeners. It's the general population of, I assume, <laughs> the world. Well, I mean, come on, Gary. What's your... <laughs> yeah. You know, I want it to be statistically significant, okay. so I'm going to need a much wider sample than this. Okay. That's fair. Um, right, Miss Nolan, thank you very much for coming back and being part of this um, ridiculous Jim Carrey uh, thing that I don't have Thanks to say again. Um, and oh, any time we'll have to come. Be, we'll have to get you back before the Mummy, and we'll have to think of another book franchise. And basically, anything you did a project yes. on uh, in school, we'll, we'll be sure to link oh, that yeah. in. Um, but also, I want to say, uh, Mary Antoinette. Uh... Uh, what else did I do a project on in school? There's one more that I can't remember. Mm, mm, mm. Well, if it's anything like the first one, it's going to be... Medieval Times. Mm, medieval Times, Gary. Hot... There we go. Yeah, let's just do a podcast on the Medieval <laughs> Times. Uh, right, Lee, thanks again. Very much, uh, much appreciated as always. Thanks, uh, Eddie and all the listeners, thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed. Um, take it easy. And I never really know how to end these, but... Um, 
That's a quote from the movie I can end this on. Carrie, come on. There's only one choice. My name is Stefano. I'm an Italian man. Time to go to a, a secondary location.